Getting Better Healthcare is brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Every American is acutely aware of the issues surrounding our healthcare system. We know miracles can happen, but we find ourselves bombarded by conflicting information and are uncertain of what and whom we can trust. We have some of the best medical care in the world for those who can afford it. Incredible new drugs that change people's lives but can be very costly. Many of the best doctors the world has ever seen, but not all are perfect. That's why Dr. Steve Feldman created the show, Getting Better Healthcare, to help walk us through the labyrinth, helping us understand how to take better care of ourselves and to better understand the challenges, issues, controversies, and complexities of our healthcare system as it exists and as it could be. For better healthcare and a better healthcare system, listen to the doctor. Now, here's Steve. Welcome to Getting Better Healthcare on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Feldman, founder of the DrScore.com physician rating website. On our program last week, we discussed stress, what it is, and we began to talk about things we can do to mitigate it. We've been discussing this with Dr. Mort Orman. Dr. Orman is a physician, an author and blogger, and passionate stress coach. He's the founder of the Stress Mastery Academy, and you can learn more about him and his work and learn how to deal with stress at his website, www.docorman.com. That's D-O-C-O-R-M-A-N.com. We're going to pick up our conversation where we left off last week. Well, let me make sure I understand this. In my book, Compartments, I talk about how we make misjudgments. and So we might think that people think ill of us or something when they really don't. But then there's times when the boss really is angry with you or mistreating you or something. And um, th- there are those real of real problems yes. in our lives. And yes. so what do we propose? So, so it might, you know, I like to think of this in terms of immediacy. So I'm, if I'm a radio show host and I had a guest, unlike you, who's not very articulate, and as I'm listening to them, my, my heart starts to race faster, and I start to get diaphoretic because, you know, I, I, I sense that, boy, this is not going well. You know, sometimes I think, well, if I could just take a propranolol, you know, and get my diaphoresis to go away and my heart rate to calm down, maybe I could deal with this situation more productively than jumping, you know, and getting real angry and starting yelling and just making things worse. Yeah. But you see, that's a, I, I would say that, that that's a demonstration of what I was just talking about also, that, yeah, there's, uh, there's bad bosses, there's bad guests, um, there's people that irritate us. And, and don't behave in ways that, that we, we like. But those things in and of themselves are not sufficient by themselves to cause us to feel real bad. We, the things, we have to be adding some stuff to that that we're not aware of consciously most of the time. We have to be looking at it in certain ways or thinking about it in certain ways. So what you just expressed was kind of a negative way of looking at that, oh, my God, this isn't going well. Uh, you know, this, this is bad. Um, you know, we've got all that negativity going on when there could be another person in your same situation as a host who realizes this guest, this guest is having problems or is not functioning well um, as far as a radio guest and could bring out or maybe look at it differently in a more positive way and maybe, you know, have a, um, some some skills in bringing something better out of that guest, or at least in some way not being as, um, quote, stressed 
by the fact that the guest is, you know, we have different kinds of guests. Sometimes you get good ones, sometimes you don't. You know, I'm reminded of, like, uh, Johnny Carson. I don't know if you, you remember oh, yeah. Johnny Carson? Sure. Yeah. One of the great things about Johnny Carson was, you know, that everybody, every comedian has jokes written for them by our staff. And some days, some nights the jokes are good, and some nights the jokes are bad. Nights the jokes are bad. Well, the neat thing about Johnny Carson is <clears throat> he didn't care. If he got good jokes and he made people laugh, you know, everything was great. If he got terrible jokes, then he just had a way of taking a bad joke <clears throat> that his staff gave him and making people laugh <laughs> as a result of that. So it's like he couldn't lose. You know, no matter what happened, no matter what material they gave him, he had a sort of an approach to doing comedy that just no matter what you give him, he's going to turn it into something that's going to cause people to, you know, have enjoyment. And, and that's, something that he, that's something that every human being has the capacity to do, but he developed it very well. He saw it as a valuable skill and developed it. A lot of us, a lot of comedians are dead in the water when they get a bad joke, you know, and they're very stressed by it. But does that mean that getting bad material is ipso facto the cause of your lack of skill in being a comedian? No. It just means that you got stuck in some mindset or some uh, perception or some um, behavior pattern so, that well, didn't allow you to take advantage of that opportunity that was being presented by that bad joke. Yeah. When you, when you mentioned the, the, the comedian who didn't have Carson's skill getting a bad joke and getting stressed about it, Exactly. What did you mean by they get stressed about it? Well, whatever it is. I mean, whatever, you know, like you can get angry, you can get down, mm -hmm. you can get the, uh, you feel like a failure, I you see. can okay. lack, lack confidence, um, you know, the, that you, you can do this. I mean, all kinds of, you know, uh, things like that um, can be triggered in, in people that they would, again, these are specific problems that we would use, they would use that term stress to refer to. Yes. But, you know, when you lack, if you're a professional comedian or anything and you lack confidence in your ability to perform, I'd call that a problem. Yeah. You know, it, it feels bad. Okay. And, you know, and, yeah. and, it, and it detracts from your future performances, and, and you may even, you know, end up not being able to pursue that career. You know? Yeah, so, so this, I just want to make sure I understood where, the, where the, the, the failure of stress to exist lied in there, because... Um, the, the person wasn't put under stress, they were given a bad joke. And the person didn't feel stress, they felt bad because they couldn't manage with this bad joke. There's, uh, yeah. those, are the, those are the issues that uh, you have to face. So what you do is you get a better joke writer and you yep. learn what to do when you get a bad joke. Or you learn how to do what Johnny Carson did. Yeah, exactly. You learn how, to, take good, you learn how to not worry about whether the joke's yeah. good joke, bad joke. That's right. Yoga's not going to help you in this. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. All right, good. I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'm getting the basic <laughs> concept down. Now, you, have a, um, you recently um, blogged about your blindness concept. Tell us about that. About which concept? Blindness. Well, that's, that's sort of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And... Um, See what happened. In other words, if you look at the causes of problems in life, which we'll use the buzzword stress. I mean, I'll still use the word stress because, well, yeah. but th just as long as everybody understands that when we say the word stress, we're really talking about problems. So, um, if you look at problems in life or stress, is always always having two types of causes: Ex uh, mostly external, obvious causes, and then these internal, um, 
harder to see causes, or what I call hidden causes. Uh, almost every problem in life is going to have a combination of those kinds of things. There's going to be the obvious factors that we see, and then there's going to be the things going on inside us that we may not appreciate. But they're very real, and they're contributing to our problem. And the people who, the people who are able to see those well and understand them can do something about those, whereas those people who are not able to pinpoint a lot of the stuff going on within them um, have less uh, flexibility and less creativity and less, um, they're less in touch with their ability to deal creatively with problems in life that they could very well deal with and deal with very successfully, but they don't see those puzzle pieces. It's very much like a puzzle piece. It's very like trying to put a puzzle together when you're trying to solve a problem. If you leave half the pieces in the box, you're going to have a tough time, you know, solving that puzzle. On the other hand, you get all the pieces out on the table and you see them, a lot of things you can do um, that you wouldn't be able to do otherwise. I imagine that um, is in your work as a, a stress coach, that a lot of it is helping people recognize the internal issues that they bring to themselves. Correct. Correct. And they're not focused on that. They're focused on the external stuff. And they're trying to get their stress to go away in one of two ways. Either rearrange the external stuff to their liking or uh, do something to um, uh, mitigate the symptoms. Neither of those things addresses the internal drivers. Again, I'm not saying the internal drivers are the only thing. They're not. And that's one of the problems we have talking about this, because people hear it as, oh, I'm to blame. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying there, there are external things that are to blame, and there are internal things that are to blame. There's always a combination. But, but if you don't see the internal ones, if you don't take them into consideration, then you're losing uh, degrees of... Um, control that you could have that you're just throwing away because you know you can't you, you're not you're not focused on them uh, are there a few um, real common uh, or, or major categories of these internal issues that people have yes yes there 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 are some very large categories I mean what I've done over the last 30 years is I've put together programs that really teach people how to get at a lot of these things and they basically fall into several major categories for example, there's expectations is a big category. We all have expectations about almost everything. You know, we've got hundreds and hundreds of different expectations. I mean, just look at, we just came through the holiday season. And the holiday season is a, is a, is a great uh, time to see the, how much expectations play a role in stress in people's lives because there's this, this mass societal expectation that everybody's supposed to be happy and joyous in the celebratory mood, and not everybody is there on every single, you know, uh, holiday season. Sometimes people feel a little down during the holidays or during a particular season, and, but they're made to feel like there's something so wrong with them if they're not in a celebratory, happy, merry mood because we all have this mass expectation that, uh, that we should be feeling that way. Same thing happens between people in a family, you know, husbands and wives and other family members. Uh, there's different expectations about how you should celebrate the holidays. And a lot of times people aren't even conscious of the fact 
that they have one way of, you know, one philosophy about how to how people should behave during the holidays, and their partner may have come from a different family tradition and have a different way of celebrating the holidays. And sometimes those those two those different ways will clash, and then there'll be internal tension, you know, in the couple or in the family because people have different ideas of how everybody should behave. And none of this ever gets expressed except when people end up getting angry and then they express their anger. But they don't they don't sit down and share their expectations, or then sometimes they're not even in touch with their own expectations consciously. It's just the way they've always you know done it. Mm-hmm. and they're not even aware of it. So it goes unnoticed, it goes unrecognized, and it creates a heck of a lot of mischief in our lives. And, and expectations, you know, look at the expectations people have about physicians today, um, that are many of which are unrealistic. Um, the expectations people have about their ability to jump on the Internet and understand a complex medical problem uh, are often unrealistic and can cause people, you know, to really do some things that are not, in, not good for them. You know, and it also can have positive benefits too. People can get themselves educated more than maybe they did in the past. But you know, one of the categories I wonder, just from my own personal sense, is that my my insecurities, and you know, is my um, my own insecurity about uh, you know, my my self worth. Is it, it seems like you, you marry that to an external stimulus, and all hell can break loose. Yeah, well, uh, insecurities, you know, basically it's a combination of a couple emotions, but fear is certainly um, prominent among among them. So you have to understand a little bit about the, the, the hidden sort of pattern that causes fear. But uh, this whole area of self-worth, self, self-worth is interesting to me because um, you, you have to do certain things to, to get to have a problem with self-worth. You, you have to be looking at yourself in certain ways, negatively, to come up with less than a, you know, a full self-worth picture of yourself. And it's amazing how people will do that when it's not necessary. And, it's, it's, and it may not even be true. You know, that whatever negativity they see about themselves is probably uh, false negativity in many ways. Not always, but a, a lot of times. So sometimes it's just a matter of that is, is, is and that's again, these are, this, this could be something that's hidden that we don't, we, we have the feeling of lack of, or insecurity or lack of self-worth, but in reality we're fine, you know, we're pretty good people, we're pretty capable, we're lovable, you know, there really is nothing diminished about our self-worth other than we have some, we've latched onto some negative ideas about ourselves. And don't see that we're doing that to ourselves, and and we don't see that it's bogus. Dr. Roman, this is very informative. Um, I've taken a lot of your time. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? You know, I think one thing we need to direct them to is to your website and the online course materials that you're you're offering to folks. Yes, there's a lot there's a lot of great free material on on the website. Of course, there's my blog where I put a post out every um, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. There's a newsletter there that's free that goes into some of these hidden causes of stress that we've been talking about tonight. Um, every uh, every month I'll focus on a different one of them, and then each week in between send an email out with some further clarification about and education about that particular hidden cause. Uh, and then I have a series of free uh, e-books 
um, that are introductory trainings to stress mastery and, again, understanding the hidden cause concept. And all this stuff is there for people to download and um, absolutely free. So I invite everybody to um, go to www.docorman.com and just take whatever's there. You know, I put it out there for everybody to freely um, explore and share with other people and hopefully learn uh, to be better able to recognize some of that stuff that goes on within us. Because I tell you, when you just when you see it, when you understand what's happening and what's contributing, it's actually not that difficult to figure out what you need to do. Uh, the whole problem is that we don't see this stuff going on, and, and that's why we haven't done much about it. But in my experience, it, you don't have to do a lot with people once you get them to the point where they can see some of these hidden causes operating within them. They intuitively know what, what's wrong with it and what they need to, to do to fix it. Thank you so much for your time today. You're very welcome. Dr. Orman makes some beautiful points about stress, what it really is, and how to best manage it. He offers a lot of this information um, free online uh, through his website, www.docorman.com. Uh, I highly recommend it. I think, I think it's valuable. So much of what we think of health problems are related to preventable things, and stress is one of the things that uh, we can take personal responsibility for and manage in our own lives, and Dr. Orman gives us some great tools to do that. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's program. Getting Better Healthcare has been brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Our theme music is by the incomparable Michael Zioli. Until next time, I wish you the very best of health. Thanks for listening to the show today. Remember to go to DrScore.com to get and give feedback about your doctor and to read others' recommendations about doctors in your area. It's a way to choose your path to healthcare empowerment. That's D-R-S-C-O-R-E.com, DrScore.com. And we'll see you next week right here on Getting Better Healthcare.